0: out into the world with action. Spiritual principles and leadership is my favorite topic in the world. And I've had people say, oh, I don't want to be preached to about religion. I don't want this. I don't want that. Well, they miss the whole point. The point of living by spiritual principles as a leader means that we have the strongest foundation that transcends human ignorance possible. It also means that we can stand On who we are as a leader, independent of position, independent of title. So, anybody can be a leader living by spiritual principles, whether we're three or four or 34 or 84. It doesn't matter. What matters is that we live by principles that are of higher understanding, might we say. So, it's not religion. I'm not talking that. And I'm also not talking all woo woo out there goofy stuff. So I can go there with you. That's not what this is about. This is about living our life and leading by higher principles. So I've come together, I've kind of created my own little thing of these pairings, might we say, of spiritual principles that help balance out our leadership skills. Now there's more spiritual principles that I'm going to cover in this episode. This is not meant to be an exhaustive research study. This is meant to help us see that we can take spiritual principles with specific energy, specific focus, and use them to be amazing, fantastic, gifted leaders, simply by being grounded and rooted in a foundation that makes sense. So this transcends the whole mission, vision, you know, Things were taught in school and things were taught to how to write down and make sure we have the values on the wall. This is bigger than that. This is an internal way of operating in the world as a leader, no matter who you are. So I have five pairings that I have chosen to talk about today. But like I said, this is not exhausted and nor is it intended to be. So, the first pairing is imagination and understanding. Yeah, (laughs) imagination is one of my favorites of all time. When I was young, I was told I didn't have an imagination. That teacher lied, or they were unenlightened, or they didn't realize that what they said was harming a young gifted person. But I've healed that many years ago, and now I have great appreciation for imagination and understanding. So, imagination is that part of us that can connect to the greater good, the realm of the unseen, the intuition, if you will, the law of possibilities. The quantum physicists talk about all the possibilities. So, you can look at it scientifically or spiritually. It works both ways. Your imagination is that part of you that has the bright ideas, those things that pop in in the shower or when you're driving down the road, or the answer to the thing you've been thinking about and couldn't think of it then, but it shows up later. It's critical to use the principle of imagination to start to bring about our lives in the way we want them to be. Now, what goes with that is understanding which is the human part of this, right? Like how do we mentally understand the bright idea? What do I do with it? How is it supposed to happen? What's my next step? What's the action that goes with it? What's the thinking that goes with it? So they need to come together. Imagination is pulling down that brilliant idea and understanding is bringing it into the world. So they work together in your leadership, whether it's, a meeting you're having with somebody, whether it's the way you present yourself as understanding that you're doing both of these things at the same time, they come together. And you've seen them when they get all wacky, right? People who are very out there, imaginative, have all these great ideas, but they never bring anything to fruition. They never do anything with it. Those are the people living in imagination, but what happened to the understanding part? What happened to the bringing in into human form part? I know gifted people who do this all the time. Then I also know gifted people who are really good at the understanding, the minutia, and they do, and they put Excel spreadsheets, and they put it all together. And when you ask them to use their imagination and to dial into the unseen, they look at me kind of confused because they've so disconnected themselves from that natural spiritual principle that lives within all of us. It's so important. I don't even know how to say it more than that. So we need to wake up our imagination and our understanding. That's the first combination. The second combination is faith and strength. Faith means I trust the unseen, which for some gifted people is tricky. If you live in Missouri, it's probably really tricky because they're the show me state, right? That we want to be able to trust what we cannot see, what we can feel, what we can understand, what's happening in the world, which is also part of our imagination. It goes with imagination, right? We want to be able to dial into that unseen realm of things. That's like your hunches, your inspired ideas, when your gut says something, when you feel something and you're trying to bring it forward. All of those things matter. And what goes with your faith being able to connect to the unseen and trusting it is strength. In the spiritual world, strength means that I'm connected and I know what's true for me and what isn't. I've learned how to discern. I can be strong in what I say I believe in. That I can even get in a dialogue with you about something I believe in and you have a different belief than me and we both can end the dialogue and I still retain my faith and my strength, and you retain yours. Where we can have different, divergent, opposite, or sometimes complementary, but yet different views on something, and we retain our own integrity. Strength is so important spiritually because it allows us to kind of stand in our authority, our spiritual authority, Not talking ego all pounding chest, I'm talking more of being able to be who I am. Like I know that I, Diane, am a little quirky, a little goofy. I'm also very serious. I also take matters very seriously. I know that gifted and talented, creative people are here to bring humans to a new way of living. We're the ones we've been looking for. And it's time that we stand in that strength instead of playing small. It's time that we let our faith and our imagination and our understanding lead us into being the quality leaders we're meant to be. Because as long as we're looking outside of ourselves to government and others, we're in the wrong neighborhood. Quality leadership starts within us, where we then impact the world in a way that is uplifting and forward-thinking. That looking outside of ourselves for the leadership answer makes no sense to me. So, there you have it. Third one, third combination. Love, divine love, and wisdom. Divine love, wisdom. They go together. So, for people in the Judeo-Christian world, divine love is Mary, wisdom is Joseph, right? There's all kinds of ways to look at it. But for me, love has lots of meanings. The English language cheapens that experience more than any other language. There's not enough words for love. Like we can love the moon, selenophilia. We can love family member and we can love tacos and it's all the same word. Makes no sense. We can love all these different ways, but it's only one word in English. So we can love the moon, selenophilia, we can love somebody in our family, and we can love tacos or pizza, like it makes no sense, right? So it's because it's only one word. So the word I mean for the spiritual principle of love is the divine love, meaning that motivator of love of altruism and care, kindness and compassion, that it's not about giving and taking love, it's about being the love. And what goes with love is wisdom. And wisdom is a cognitive, intellectual manifestation of compassion and love because of action. They go together beautifully. And it allows us to begin, really, to see and experience a connection that's much deeper. And as a leader, we want to have these principles front and center, that I truly care about every human being sucking air. It matters to me what happens. It matters to me, I love the situations, the, the paradigms, the, the environment, all of it. And I also am wise. And wise people are good stewards. And to be a good steward means I take the best care of something. Not just good care of it, not okay, not it'll get by, but the best care. The best care. Wise people are stewards and take the best care of whatever it is, whether it's the relationship, the business, the whatever. We must begin to get more clear about that higher connection of love and acting as good stewards and being wise in this world. It's required if we want to be happy and healthy and if we want to bring forward the world we wish for our children and our children's children. Because when I think about spiritual principles and leadership, I'm thinking seven generations from now. Like, what are those children going to know about or learn about or be impacted by what we're doing today? That's how we want to think, not selfishly like my lifetime or even my kids' lifetimes the great-great-grandkids' lifetimes, what about them? How is that going to work? And how are we going to leave the legacy of somebody who actually cared and loved and used our own wisdom? How is that going to work? And how will they know, right? The next and fourth kind of pairing, I guess, of these spiritual principles of leadership is zeal and order. Now, these are my Well, I want to say they're my favorites, but so is imagination. I think they're all my favorites, (laughs) but I love order and zeal because zeal is all about enthusiasm and I have a lot of it and I love to go, 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 create, jump up and down and get things going. And what balances zeal is order, having order. If we have too much order and not enough fun, things don't work out really well. It gets cattywampus. If we have too much zeal and enthusiasm and not enough order, things can just spin out of control and be goofy and crazy. So they, again, go together really well. We want to have order in what we're doing, which gives us the foundation so we can be spontaneous and have fun all the rest of the time. Some of my gifted folks, they don't like having too much order. They wanna be spontaneous and, and be enthusiastic and creative. And when I explain that order is our friend, because it gives us a a foundation, it gives us a rock, really, to stand on for all of our creative passions, that that order allows us to love more deeply, it allows us to create more passionately, it allows us to let all of who we're meant to be emerge into the world in this beautiful, beautiful presence, because order is what is behind all of nature, right? Like all of the planets, all of the flowers, everything in nature has order behind its beauty. Just like we have order within our beauty. You know, our cells work a certain way, our neurons work a certain way. Now gifted and talented people, a lot of times our our cells and our neurons might work a little differently, but there's still an order. And from that order, we bring enthusiasm. Which is fun. And so we really all want to practice letting order and zeal balance, marry each other, kind of dance through life so that we have the flow where we can bring more zeal or more order or balance. And we can use our discernment for the best way possible to do that. It's fun. It's really fun to be totally spontaneous totally impulsive in a healthy way because we know that there's order that we have placed underneath it all. That's brilliant and fun. So for those of you might be thinking that having order is boring, it's not really. It really gives us permission to be even more exciting and have more fun. Like, I like the um, phrase we said on the boat about proper planning prevents poor performance. And we always like to have fun on our boats. And But if we properly plan in advance, we can have more fun. Because if we don't properly plan, a, a problem could be happening that then kind of makes our fun cut short. So it's important, very, very important, 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 that we let order and zeal kind of go together. I like them because when I get too out here crazy, I can come back and be a little bit more realistic. Or if I'm getting overly heavy, I can add a little play. And so, I somewhere around here in my office, I have pixie dust to remind me that when I get too serious, just throw a little pixie dust in there and everything is fine. <laughs> and then the fifth pairing that I really love is elimination and life or elimination and regeneration, however you want to look at it. We have to be willing to eliminate what no longer is serving us to leave space for what will serve us. So one of the prayers that I say every single night is, I ask the universe to remove from my world and my life anything that is between me and my highest expression of what I'm here to do. And to bring into my life all the people, places, events, and situations that will serve the highest good with and around and through me. And so always being willing to eliminate what no longer serves. It's not because it's wrong or it's bad. It's because many things we outgrow over time. You outgrew your baby shoes a long time ago and you didn't get mad at them, did you? You don't get mad at your children when they outgrow their shoes because we're meant to grow. And as humans, we're always expanding in unity, diversity, and complexity. So we're always growing. So logically then, elimination is a very important spiritual principle because we want to always be looking at what we can let go of that's getting in the way, the junk that's getting in the way from allowing the good to come in. Because the spiritual rule is we have to release what no longer serves to give space for what's good to come in. So if I'm not doing that, and I'm just bringing good in, and I have no exit strategy, it's like the Dead Sea. That's why the Dead Sea is dead. It's because it's got inlet, no outlet. So we need to have an outlet, an elimination factor, letting ourselves spiritually let go of what no longer is serving us. Whether it's a belief, or an attitude, or a way, You know, that's why the people who pivot when life changes, people go, oh, they pivoted. That's why. Well, they were willing to eliminate what wasn't working anymore. And then they were willing to bring in to their life something new that would work or give it a shot and see what happens. So these principles in leadership take care of all the foundation. And from there, we can build whatever kind of amazing thing we want to, whether it's relational or whether we're making an item or whether we're creating something amazing. Without spiritual principles as the foundation, everything is shaky and a tiny little shift in the economy, the world, or the other people involved or yourself can totally make everything fall down. We don't want that to happen. What we want to happen is our leadership to continue to grow and evolve and expand in ways that serve us and the people that are in our world. So remember these five pairings, let them become your foundation. And there's other principles you're gonna add to this, right? Like love, joy, compassion, right? There's lots of them, harmony, there's others some of these pairings, some of these things that come together, weave a very nice, beautiful, spiritual foundation from which to lead your life. Whether you're leading your family, a business, or your own personal life, your leadership matters. So try them out. Let me know what you think. Until the next time, be well. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or, for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.